You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and beyond. This is episode number 232. We're discussing our pre-lead to DC fandom. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. Oh man, we've got a show for you guys this week. We're all amped up. It's at a fever pitch here in the nerd room with the excitement building towards DC fandom. This is an unprecedented 24-hour free virtual event that dc warner media warner brothers whomever you want to call it is hosting and it looks absolutely unbelievable this is coming from the purest of star wars marvel guy i am this is the most excited i've been in this space all year they released the schedule and we're going to get into it it looks unbelievable. Everything from the Batman to the comics, the DC superhero girls, there's literally something for everyone at this virtual convention. This is, like I said, absolutely unprecedented. And what DC is doing here is changing the game. We've been saying this for weeks, guys, changing the game. And this weekend, August 22nd, kicking off at 10 p.m. Pacific's time with Wonder Woman 84 dc fan now guys we're gonna get into the most anticipated panels we're gonna get into what we're excited for what we're speculating that we could see as far as trailers we may see footage from the batman robert battinson's batman at dc fan i'm very very excited for that guys and we're also going to talk about some of the changes that are happening within warner media within the dc comic book universe dc direct and some of the implications for that and we're also going to quickly touch on x-men new mutants it's finally got a release date they're selling tickets it's in theaters guys i still don't know why but we are going to touch on that very very exciting and guys we're going to kick this thing off a little different this week. We're going to just do a little bit of house clean at the top here before we get into our weekend nerd. Before I stop yapping here and let Troy and Carlos take the mic and tell us what they were up to. But we've got two two huge things going on. Like I mentioned there, DC fan. And we're putting a ton of effort into coverage for this week. And we just want to let you guys know what we're doing. So you're going to be hearing this August 20th, Prelude to DC Phantom in the Nerd Room feed, on the podcast here. August 22nd, the day of DC Phantom at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So about an hour and a half after, or maybe just about half an hour after the Batman panel finishes, we're going to be going live on Get Vocal to give our initial reactions. Not really a breakdown, but our reactions to some of those major DC film trailers and just kind of give our sense for what this event was. And then I'm going to release that audio. We're going to release that audio as a bonus audio version of the live stream on Tuesday. And then next week, guys, next Thursday, August 27th, you're going to get the full breakdown of fandom from the Nerd Room. So tons of effort going in here. We're super excited. And we want to make sure we get this full coverage because, like we said, guys, this is going to have huge implications 
not only for DC, but for the comic book, for film, for everything in this universe. And it's going to it's gonna fall out into Marvel and Star Wars. And everything that we cover here is going to be watching, taking notes. And we could see stuff like this. This is something that DC, and I said it before, they are at the forefront of this. They're in front of literally everyone in arranging something of this scale, this magnitude to present their media to present what is coming next for DC across all of their brands, all of their facets of, of, of way of getting media to us, whether it's, you know, the book, the floppies to TV, to film, it's all there. And we're going to be covering it in full detail over the next couple of weeks. And then also guys, we're going to be changing gears. We're going to be running straight from DC fandom right into star Wars force fest. This is kind of our, our virtual replacement, if you will, in the podcasting community and the Star Wars community for celebration that was canceled, unfortunately, due to the world events. But guys, we are going to be on the Force Facts Collecting and Art Fandom stage at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time next Saturday, August 29th. The Collectors Awaken is the name of our panel. We're going to have some special guests there. All you need to do is create a logon to get vocal and add our panel to your calendar. We're going to be speaking about collecting in the Disney era, what it meant building up into it, and what it means for us now that it's really, in all sense of the word, awakened a lot of us to a new brand of collecting and a new way, a new style of collecting with the collector focus six inch line. So we're going to be breaking that all down in detail, telling some stories and having a lot of fun over the course of an hour or so panels. So that's next Saturday, August 29th, Star Wars Force Fest on Get Vocal. All right, guys, that is it. That is the promo for the week. And now we got to jump into our weeks in nerd. You know, you've heard enough from me. I got to hear what's going on in the world of Troy, in the world of Carlos. What's going on, boys? Troy, let me know what you got up to this week in Nerd. I can't even remember all the comic books I did, but I remember <laughs> two important ones. One, I dusted through Saga Volume 2. Again, Yo. this thing continues to kill me. I've been going back and forth with my main man grabs, and uh, I got to go back to my store, man, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going back comic book day, right? Yeah. yeah. Wednesday. So when you guys hear this, this will be yesterday, but... I'm going in to get volume three and four. I need that in my life. Um, yeah, man, I can't, I can't praise that book enough. Um, Empire, Empire number four was the latest one or five? Five. 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 Is that the one with She-Hulk on the cover? Yeah, nope. No? Number five has uh, oh, Hulkling shoot. on it. Okay, well, I'm behind. Ugh. So I plowed through number four with She-Hulk. And uh, that was a wicked, wicked issue. I'm really digging this series, man. Mm-hmm. Really what do you digging. think of that reveal, man? No, no spoilers. About... No spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Are we talking about four, though? Because I'm not there at five. No, it's four. Because four has the She-Hulk reveal in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah, that, that was dope. <laughs> to me, that's, that's, that's a little Hickman-esque, man. That's a little like, planting that seed early <laughs> on. And then I was like, that's cool. And that makes so much sense with... um. The, the C-list villain uh, they, they brought back. Like, this guy's no spoiler, but, like, the main, like, the dad of... The oh, main Swordmaster like or whatever Sword his name Master, is? The no-name yeah. brand guy, right? So <laughs> that... that Because I was like, really? Like, Swordmaster? Like, you're bringing this guy into this story? Like, what? But now I'm like, okay. Like, that makes a lot of sense with his look and what's going on. And, um, and then, obviously, that thread with She-Hulk. So I was like, yo, I'm in. I, I, I was already in. I really like this story. And, again, it's really cool to have the heroes all on the same page 
I loved, um, I think it was issue four, T'Challa talking about what it takes to be a king. He's yeah, I think that was three, where he's like king. just with the horde and stuff like that. He's almost like monologuing for the whole issue. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Like, this is like, I think a lot of people are sleeping because I don't hear enough people talking about this book, but I think it's, this is really cool. This is a lot of fun I've had with a, a Marvel um, event in a long time. I mean, I don't really count the Hickman powers of x and house of x i don't know why i don't really count that as an event i just feel like that was like a, a soft opening for like the world of hickman yeah. but um this book here man this is this is dope again it's so nice to have fantastic four members working with <laughs> the avengers C- captain marvel i mean she's awesome right now captain marvel yeah. is so cool in this book so um anyways yeah so enough praise about that book uh the figures man listen timbo <laughs> over here um he hit a tweet the other day about hasbro had a bone to pick with hasbro because laying us down here with uh with the collecting we got that email well i didn't order the uh the mandalorian but i know you guys um got some shade right like they they canceled that order just like out of nowhere which sucked man and uh and i've been battling these guys for for i think i've been waiting for that wolverine hugh jackman to come in i think it's like july 1st is meant to come in and um i got a notification a while back being like yeah like we're having difficulties you know processing this or shipping this so Hang on. And I went on Amazon trying to search the figure. I couldn't find the guy. Like, he's completely pulled off. So I was like, all right. Well, after, you know, uh, Tim's um, tweet, I'm like, I'm just waiting to get that notification that my thing's been canceled. And um, I thought, you know what? I need to go to my comic shop and, like, redeem myself here and buy some figures just to feel a little good. Because I started thinking about the Ezra that we've been spotting at our comic book shop. So I'm like, you know what? I, I got my pre-order, but I just I need this figure right now because I don't know. I just I need it. So I went down to my comic book shop. And Ezra's gone. No Ezra figures anymore. There was like two left before. They're all gone. But I see. Uh, is that a Phoenix? Couple... Oh, that's a Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. That's a Phoenix. So I see a couple choppers, and I'm like, ah, well, I don't, I don't really want chopper. And I see all the red cards, but I'm like, well, all the red card stuff is like kind of sleeping right now. But boom, I see my boy, Attack of the Clones, Padawan, Anakin. I see like, what? I see like three of them, and I'm like, I need, I need two of them. Like I got a like rule of <laughs> two right now going on. I need, I need one in box, and I need one out of box. Like. So I picked up both of them, and then um, I look on over, and I see the Green Lantern. I see the Green Lantern action figure from the Justice League animated series. So I'm like, I need this guy. And I see the Aquaman figure, and I'm like, I need him. And then I see Hawkgirl, and I'm like, I need her. And then I'm about to leave, and on the corner of my eye, I I see the Blue Ranger that I've been looking for forever. No. Uh, Power Ranger. Yeah, I finally see the Blue Ranger, and I'm like, Marty, you know, this guy, this guy's putting in that work. Like, this whole... This whole comic shop is just full right now. But then I'm like, this is a little ridiculous. Like, my hands, like, there's no bags in the store, right? So my <laughs> hands are just full of all these figures, and I'm still looking around. So I was like, you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a nice stack of uh, the DC animated figures. I'll take my boy, John Stewart, and I'll leave Aquaman and Hawkgirl, but I'll come back for them. And so I walked out of there, man, with two Anakins, um, Green, Green Lantern, and then the Blue Ranger, now leaving me with just the Yellow Ranger, and then I'm done. I'm done with that line. I can walk away. And uh, it felt good, man. It felt good. It was nice to get out there and redeem myself. So as soon as I get home, I'm chilling. <laughs> and then I get, uh, I get an email from Amazon. And they're like, hey, your order shipped. Uh, Wolverine is going to be there <laughs> like next week. I was like, oh, nice. okay. That's it's my favorite cool. story ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. So, yeah, so it's good. It's good. I got, uh, I got Logan on his way. And, um, yeah, no hard feelings, Hasbro. All is good. All is good yeah. now. <laughs> I love I love that that forced you out to the shop to make like an excessive figure purchase. Yeah, man. I was I was just itching. I was just like 
because I know you, you shouted me about the Ezra, and I'm like, well, I got him on pre-order. I'm going to be good. But then I was just like, oh, you know, anything can happen. Like, EB Games hasn't been the most reliable too, right? So I think yeah, maybe they're going to cancel some of those guys. So, Well, I just got my Luke Dagobah shipping notification today. Nice. Yeah. Nice. When's it? Uh, did they give a date? Monday. It's supposed to be here. Nice. So I'm nice. looking for looking forward to that. But yeah, yeah. It, it's funny that you say that because I, I get in the same itchiness with everything. Like it's just like the pre-order it was like intense, but half of them are falling through. Like just to hit on your point there about the cancellations. So like yeah. Carlos and I both got cancellation notifications for the best Garmando, which in and itself like I'm okay with you saying, hey, sorry, I can't fulfill this order. But the problem with this one is that we went at it from the Amazon perspective because they have reliable shipping. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I avoided some of the other places that I could have gotten this from, but now I can't get it at those places. I can't pre-order it anymore, even from places in the States. It's like all pre-ordered, sold out. So now we're missing on what is going to be an extremely difficult figure to find in stores because Amazon just basically threw their hands up and they just said, sorry. Like uh, it's, and they don't take money from you until it ships, which is like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's fine. Amazon's a massive company and they don't care about my $30 action figure at the end of the day. But it is frustrating when it comes down to that pre-order, especially something like this. Like, it's not like this is random figure that you can find swinging from the pegs. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pre-ordering a gin or so you know, circa 2016, right? That you can find yeah. the figure still now. Like, yeah. This is like probably the hottest black series figure of the year. I would be my guess or close Def- to definitely. Yeah. And it was just kind of like it. <laughs> so was that meant to release pretty soon? That guy it was, was supposed to ship on the 10th of August or by the 10th of August. Oh shoot. Okay. Um, and like I still, my Zeb still hasn't shipped. My forearm and Zuckus is still in some, amazon purgatory somewhere they just keep sending me an email being like sorry we can't really get to you right now and i know yeah. kyle got his so i don't like i don't know where it is <laughs> well it's weird Ooh. because you got your uh your frozen han already right from amazon yeah 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 see and i ordered it and i just got a reminder like hey it's coming and i was like shoot i forgot about this guy like <laughs> so but it's well, crazy how different you know because you got yours quite some time ago now yeah i would say well, it's like even the Four Lamazuckus, it's the, the the ESB 40th dual pack. Kyle got his like two weeks ago, three weeks right. ago. Right, And they're still saying mine's in some weird space. And I also ordered the SDCC exclusive. It was like that six pack of turtle figures that came in like yeah. the turtle van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it must be on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic because it just says shipping. And the last update I got was July 30th. And who are those ones from? Amazon? No, those are through Dorkside Toys. So I've emailed them a couple times, but they basically said, like, it's in FedEx hand right now. And uh, apparently a lot of those got canceled as well. I was online searching that today, and a lot of those had been, uh, people were getting cancellation notifications on them. Wow. And so I don't know if this is a result of COVID or, like, the shipping chaos that the world is in. Mm. But it's we're seeing a lot of – so my what I'm anticipating in the future – is that a lot of this stuff is going to eventually find itself into an Amazon warehouse and it's going to pop back up soon. Mm. Yeah. It, to be honest, like uh, part of me feels that I jinx this, seeing as I was buying my first Star Wars action figure <laughs> since yeah. since Ewan McGregor had a man bun and a, and a braid. So maybe <laughs> I threw the karmic alignment out. But like the other part of me is like, why didn't Hasbro just do full cases of the Mandalorian? Like yeah. just him in that Beskar armor and just fill the need right like there's a ton of figures that you could make as kind of niche 
ones for collectors to chase, but a figure like that where even casual guys like me are going after, that you know guys like me are going after, um, those ones should be swinging to the peg, on the pegs, right? Like, I know McFarlane just put out cases of Batman recently. Yeah. Because those were, like, the number one sellers. So it was like, yeah, here's four Batmans and two Chase versions of Batman in it. Oh, is that why I see so I see tons of those now? More yeah. Those Batman ones. Okay. Well, yeah. they started doing some of those heavy case packs of the troop builders. So, and even into the Rise of Skywalker, they did a case pack of the red jet trooper. Mm. And because Marty was complaining to me about that, like, what am I going to do with the whole case of this? And I think they're all, they all went, but the troop builders are, they're, they're doing those full cases. But I agree with you. It's let's anticipate, or at least double pack it. I don't even sure if it's being double packed right. in that wave. And, but to be honest with you, I'm not even sure if it's showing up because I've seen a lot of photos of people finding the Ewok and Admiral Akbar and these figures, right? In those new boxes, but I'm not seeing the Mando figures. No. Because there's supposed to be a, supposed to be a Stormtrooper, right? A Mandalorian Stormtrooper. Not the Remnant Stormtrooper, just kind of white one. But I'm, I'm not seeing those in pe- people's pictures from Walmarts and all that and stuff in the States. So I don't know if it's an issue specifically with that figure. It just hasn't shipped anymore. Um, because no, I've seen the Zeb in the wild, and but I've, ne- I've never seen... I've seen actually all of them except for the Mando figures. So I don't know if it's just an issue with that or if maybe they had a production issue with the, the armor on it, um, making it up, up to the standard. They, I don't know what the what the deal is with that, but it is unfortunate. But nonetheless, I'm sure we'll we'll figure it all out. But that whole pre-order Armageddon has turned into like a bit of hmm. uh, a bit of chaos, like true Armageddon, because it's like things are haphazardly shipping and I'm uh, getting weird notifications and cancellations. <laughs> I know that Chop, he had a uh, Corey over at Tumbling Saber. He had that whole wave canceled. No. Yeah, like the Ewok, everything. Admiral Akbar, he had it all pre-ordered uh, through Amazon. And they canceled Amazon? the whole thing. Yeah. Oh man, shoot. So, bit unfortunate. Bit unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, we will get through this. I'm sure we'll find them and uh, we'll grind it out here. I think the the locals have been pretty good lately, getting in in case shipments of of these yes. figures that are new that aren't shipping from Amazon, but they're getting it directly from the distributors. So. They kind of had that that pipeline that, that goes straight to Hasbro or whatever. And it, these things are showing up. And it's great because you literally just put, you know, a week's worth of food on Marty's table. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Carlos, my dude, man, what, what's going on with you this weekend, nerd? Man, this weekend, nerd, like I have a tear in my eye listening to that beautiful opening that you laid out there. Like, strange adventure. Tim is riding high on a Zeta beam coming into the show <laughs> yeah, hot. Yeah. Adam Strange style. It's man, that's magic. That's the second magic. time I've made you cry this week with my DC passion. That's um, right. That's <laughs> so I right, did a, a guest appearance over on Tumbling Saber last week, kind of expanding on some of the discussions that we've had here with our, our, our future theater experience. And I, I praised uh, DC a bit there and saying there's no way that Star Wars is going to trample over DC because DC is going to rule the internet on Saturday. <laughs> I know, man. Like I, uh, I got out of my car at the at my destination, and I was like Will Smith at the end of Pursuit of Happiness, like just <laughs> trying to catch my breath and those tears rolling down my eyes, like trying to pull myself together after hearing you on Tumbling Saber there. Yeah. So no, that it's it's all awesome, man. It's awesome stuff. It's uh, it's amazing how we all rub off on each other and get ourselves into all sorts of trouble with. Mandalorian figure pre-orders and things of that nature. So yeah, and you, I got I got a daughter now that only wants DC stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, amazing. Yeah. 
So yeah, no, I had a pretty good weekend, nerd. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners kind of saw it via the Twitter feed, but uh, my wife for our anniversary bestowed a couple beauty gifts on me. So the one that got a lot of showcase and a lot of love was the DC Direct Designer Series Jim Lee Nightwing statue. Mm. And it is beauty. Like mm. I hadn't really messed with the designer series too much. And um, more than anything, it was like, I like the scale of them and whatnot, but the two issues that I had with it is that a lot of their sculpts were um, basically just re-sculpts or repackages of stuff that they had made in smaller scale. And they just um, re-sculpted them in a larger scale. And I, I don't really like to play with that. Like, I think if you're going to make a new product, then make a new product kind of thing. Don't just take your digital sculpt, blow it up and make it go from one tenth scale to one sixth scale and mm -hmm. sell it as a new product. So I hadn't really messed with that line too much. And then the other ones that they had done just weren't things that I'd go chasing. But uh, yeah, she bought me this Nightwing, blew me away. Like, I loved just the the scale and the beefiness to him. He's kind of the same size as the old Randy Bowen designs, like the Marvel statues and whatnot. One day, Troy, I'll throw up a picture of that, like yeah, man. Jim Lee era Cyclops and the Jim Lee oh. Nightwing back to back. Oh. But uh, man, yeah, he's winning. He's got the spinning Christmas stick, and uh, yeah, he looks fierce. And then the other thing that she'd thrown in there was um, a figure that I've been lusting after for all time. It was NECA's Batman 89 figure. But what they did with that figure is they actually repackaged him as the video game version, so they yeah. put him in the weird purple and blue color scheme yeah yeah and, and his box is exactly like the video game like the nes 8-bit box yes and they like they actually like did the shelfware and whatnot on there and then the pictures on the fig of the figure where the screenshots would have been nice. on the back of the nes box and yeah it's cool man it's so cool and like god i played that game like it's nobody's business i can still get through like the first two or three levels without taking a hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was cool. That was uh, an amazing uh, anniversary uh, surprise bestowed on me by my wife. And then uh, as far as content goes, messed with the Avengers beta tons, um, got in most of the story mode stuff with the first round of the beta, and then played a few hours of the war table and online stuff. And, yeah, I'm I'm digging. It. I think the the second boss battle in the game, and Troy, you'll know which one I'm talking about. Uh, I don't want to give anybody spoilers, but that one just sold me on the whole thing. I was just like, "This is wicked." It's like, yeah, yeah. my my dude going toe to toe, and so uh, yeah, yeah. That that pre order is gonna stick. Although I might have to shift it to Best Buy and get that sweet Mark Brooks steelbook that they're giving away with that one. What you Isn't think of that one, Troy? I know you got into that a little bit too, eh? Yeah, I'm feeling it. So this is the second time uh, the beta has been open, and I'm digging it way more this time around than the first time. It's uh, it's more clean gameplay experience for sure, um, less buggy, and um, I'm really enjoying the uh, the mechanics of every character. Everybody, like I was telling Carlos, everybody feels a lot different. So nobody plays like the other player. You know, when you play a game like Marvel Ultimate Alliance. When you play a Spider-Man character, he pretty much moves just like the Miles Morales and just like the Spider-Gwen character. Um, here, I find Iron Man com plays completely different than Black Widow. And and those are my two favorites right now. Black Widow, I feel like she's coming from another game. Her, her combat style is so different, whether it's her using her guns or her using her combat, where she unleashes a move similar to like a, a Devil May Cry's Dante. Um, she will just lash out and take down waves of enemies. 
Iron Man, though, when he's using his repulsor rays, it feels like the movie, even to the the movements of like he hits him with like a one, two, three uh, powerhouse of uh, the repulsor rays. It's cool. And you can you can switch on the fly from like his repulsors to like his red lasers that everybody knows from like Iron Man 2 when him and War Machine take down the big bads at the end. You got that mechanic in him. You also got like your uh, your rocket launcher when you're Iron Man. You can fly at any time. It's it's fantastic. I just um I, I need to just play it more. Really, I, I like I was telling you guys off air there. I feel like the game's only gonna get better in time. It's always gonna be kind of a work in progress. It's it's like a it's a it's a triple A game for sure, but it feels like almost an MO in the sense where it's like there's gonna be constant tweaks going on um throughout the game so i'm excited man and i can't wait to try carlos's boy out next uh hulk next week i'm gonna give him a try and see how that goes down yeah man, yeah, man. i like it i like it he's wicked actually my surprise favorite was miss marvel i oh, yeah, totally cool. yeah i dug her mechanics and just like her range and whatnot and she's got a bit of power to her so she plays kind of in that hybrid style yeah from like a, a zoner type character and she can also get around too that was probably the biggest thing I found with like some of the characters. I was just like, I'm too lazy to kind of find the long way around to climb up stuff with Black Widow. So it's like, what? You can't fly? <laughs> so yeah, she kind of bridged that gap for me because they did a good job with her stretchy powers and stuff like that. So yeah. And probably the coolest thing that I did all week was uh, I dug into the Sandman audiobook mm. on oh. Audible. And man, that is high quality stuff. So I, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, um, but it looks like they adapted kind of panel for panel the first couple volumes of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And it is amazing. The production value is super high. Voice actors are wonderful. And especially kind of once you get to like the third and fourth episode or segment of it um james mcavoy is the voice of morpheus so he really comes to the forefront and he's just i'll never be able to read morpheus again and not have james mcavoy as the voice there and but even like little surprises like taron egerton as um john constantine awesome and like oh, michael cool. sheen yeah, heard, is lucifer like i heard it's a big voice cast like big uh like a-lister like celebrity actors that are in this book Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's it, it's cool. It's cool. And they like w with Neil Gaiman, like doing the narration for it, he just paints such a wonderful picture for you that I could remember like those pages of those comics right in my mind's eye. Like just cool. be, like I, I knew what Agnes looked like right away just by him saying her name and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was to the point that I actually. For no reason other than wanting to listen to the audiobook, I, I strapped on the sneakers and went for like an hour-long walk in the blistering heat here just, <laughs> just, just to soak it in. I almost went into the dream realm because I was <laughs> getting so hot and just about passed <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, it's that good. It's that good. So if opportunity presents itself, I highly recommend that one to anybody who's wanting to dip in audiobooks because they couldn't have done a better job, that's for sure. That's cool, man. That Sounds is good. it's very cool because it's funny that that you did that this week because I literally asked for just out of the blue like audiobook recommendations from you guys because I have five credits to use up on Audible. They've just been building over a quarantine because I don't have any time to to listen to anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start making time, going for bike rides, these type of things. And so I said this, and then yeah, you chucked that over to the fence to me. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. So it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the five that that I pulled the trigger on. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's it's cool, like. Especially like the first uh, segment is long, just as he's doing kind of the 
not really the world building, but just like the premise building. And I don't want to get into spoilers and stuff for folks who haven't read it or uh, and are going to just dip into the book. But it's like it's not that it's bad, but it's just it, it feels a little cumbersome. The first episode, but it's because the things that happen to Morpheus and you're kind of experiencing them through the lens of what's happening in the world, like our world, um, his reaction to that and what he has to go through in the wake of that is what informs like the rest of the series kind of thing. So it makes for really, really cool storytelling after that. So that's all. Is it fairly low barrier for entry? Like for those that have no idea who Sandman is or what the context of the story is really? Oh yeah. Like you basically the audiobook starts with that first issue of yeah. the comic. And it's cool. like you would you're meeting these characters the exact same way that you would if you cracked open the book kind of thing. So very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And there's also a few little things that they make it more tangible to a contemporary mm-hmm. listener. Mm-hmm. So there's like Easter eggs thrown out to things that you recognize in the DC universe. Like he has to go see, see somebody and they're in an insane asylum in the book. But here it's like, Oh, in, in Gotham city in a, in an asylum with a wrought iron gate, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh, that's Arkham asylum and cool. stuff like that. So very neat. Yeah. Ah, I love it. Yeah. That audio book environment right now is, is so cool. The production value they're putting into this and the money they're putting into the voice actors and all that. Mm. Cause it's even like we talked about last week with the star Wars episode is the Clone Wars and Dr. Aphra and the, mm. the production value and everything that they're putting into this. It's becoming its own platform itself yeah. to almost introduce people to these type of stories, get a new set of listeners, a new set of eyes, or if you want to put it that way into those universes. And that may parlay them into the comic books as well as chasing these characters. And I think that's the whole idea behind the Star Wars stuff and even the Sandman stuff. It's it's a super cool way to introduce people to the the characters there. And audio, it's it's weird. We're going back to like these radio drama type things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that were popular decades ago and they're everything's coming back. And I think with you know with podcasts and everything being so popular and the form of audio taking, you know, a, a big grip on a good chunk of, of the youth too, about way they consume these type of stories It's perfect Avenue for characters like Sandman and all that, or like that universe, I should say to, to give an introduction to a whole new generation of, of listeners and eventual readers, hopefully. But guys, I got, I got to get in my weekend nerd here before we skip over yeah. into some of the news, man. I uh, kind of went through some of the ups and downs of the pre-orders, but then I got onto Kijiji in a very obsessive way this weekend. <laughs> I'm putting in like safe searches. I came this close to getting just a smoking deal on this vintage turtle sewer set. It was like 30 bucks. It's like a hundred and some odd dollar set. And I messaged the guy like 50 minutes after he had put it up and it was already gone. It was a oh. smoking deal. I was pretty upset. I missed that, but in my kind of scrolling through Kijiji, I, I stumbled upon a, a nice, decent-sized Pez haul. So Mr. President, you know, 10 bucks for a bag of 50 Pez. And the reason I bought them, I could see in the picture there was four turtle ones. And because I'm now, uh, you know, dipping back into big-time turtle collecting, I figure I got to fill out the, the Pez. I like to do this with every collection is supplement with Pez. Everything's got Pez. And so <laughs> as I bought this, 
I bought it for the four for 10 bucks. I was like, okay, I'm cool. And I got like 45 extra Pez here. So got them all cleaned up and started going through them with my daughter. And she's picking out the ones we want. So we had a lot of fun looking up online. We had it on the TV, you know, what each one was, you know, approximately worth, what year it was from. Pez has got a great archive on their website that just kind of details what year and how it came out, whether it's retired. And I slowly going through this and I realized there's a lot of sets in here, like a Pink Panther set and a Nintendo set and a Looney Tunes set. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how much these are actually worth. So I go on one of the forums. I'm like, you know, looking through, scrolling through and like some of these sets for four Pez are going for like 40 bucks a piece. And so I'm, I'm trying to think what I'm going to do with all these now. I don't, I don't want to scalp them. So I'm going to try to find my way into some Pez collecting groups and be like, you know, I'll sell them to you at whatever, at, you know, cost or something reasonable here if you pay the shipping just to make sure that a, a Pez collector or someone that wants them can get their hands on them without paying scalper prices or eBay fees and all that. So that's kind of my plan, but it was kind of a, a cool thing. Like the guy was pretty nonchalant. He said like, just ten, just take it, man. And I was like, okay, cool. Because then I recontacted him because he posted something more on Kijiji the following day. And I was like, hey, do you, if you clearly have a lot of these, do you have, you know, X, Y, and some Star Wars ones I'm looking for? And he said, I'll take a look. So I haven't heard back from him, but it was kind of a cool way to establish a bit of a connection over Kijiji for someone that just seemingly has endless Pez. Like these are all from the early 90s. And so some of these Pez are 20, you know, 30 years old, which is pretty crazy. Um, So a lot of fun there. It's, It's funny what you can find on Kijiji especially when people just want to get stuff out of their house. <laughs> That's cool, man. He's, he's paying his taxes to the president. Yeah, he is. Mr. <laughs> peasant. I love that nickname that Grabs gave me. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, man, it's it's been about the retro stuff, and I didn't find myself actually collecting anything in that in that space, but my dad, and I had said this a few weeks ago, he had did some bin diving for me back home, and he had taken pictures of some Batman figures and all this, and he had sent them to me, and I just finally got my way through all of them and got them all cleaned up. And holy, like, what a, what a great time it is going back and reliving your youth in some of these figures. And I, I've just had a, a great time getting the turtle set up, some of the vintage Ghostbuster stuff set up, and I got all the Batman stuff cleaned up. They're in a, a small bin right now. I got to figure out what I I want to do with that. I'm not getting rid of it, but it's just so cool, like to to be able to go back and revisit that part of, of your youth and that. And I find myself, it's my, it's actually, this is my last night of 34. Um, my <laughs> birthday is actually Wednesday this week. And so I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I'm kind of like struggling a little bit with being closer to 40 than I am 30. And I think in part, that's why I'm doing a lot of this retro collecting. Cause I want to, I want to, you know, maintain my youth through plastic. And <laughs> <laughs> as funny as that sounds. And so I find myself leaning quite heavily towards, all the retro collecting, but it's really cool going back through and, and digging through some of the stuff. Like I remember having some of these figures, like the space raft and the um, the trench coat Donnie that went in the three and three quarter inch form. Like it was, it's just really cool revisiting that. And then as I was revisiting and looking through some of that stuff, I said to myself, and I tweeted this earlier this week. I said, like, what what's my focus <laughs> right now? Like I have no focus in collecting, and I realized that I've added to or started collections in 10 different spaces this year, spanning from like the Vintage Turtles, NECA Turtles, Jurassic Park, Black Series, Marvel Legends, Pez Funko, Vintage Ghostbusters, Power of the Force 2, and Steelbooks. Like that's my current focus right now. Hey man, like it's just like you said, it's just maintaining that youth. It's all cheaper than a facelift is the way I look at it. So <laughs> Very true, man. It, it, Very true. It, yeah. 
That, all that plastic that could be going in via Botox is just sitting there <laughs> looking beauty on your back shelf there, man. Oh, yeah. And I've had to, like, change things around. I've got a Ghostbuster section. I've got a bigger turtle section now. It's uh, it's wild. It's wild. I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And Jurassic Park 2 has been another favorite that I've had a lot of fun with recently. Just going back and digging into the history of some of these figures. You know, Kenner has this awesome – it's not chronicled really anywhere in detail, but – for whatever reason, because I think of the pace a lot of this and the size of the company, when you go back and look at the vintage stuff and the Jurassic Park, there's like cool photos and then stuff wasn't released. And it's really cool history behind a lot of it. And when you start digging into the details, there's not only the the collecting aspect of it, but there's also the history aspect of it, right? Some of these are, you know, 30 plus years old. And so these are entering into the vintage realm as far as the term vintage, but and they're becoming harder to find. It's it's just such a cool avenue to go down. And like I said, because of the history of it all, because of your connection to the nostalgia and youth, it just, to me, it adds that much more weight to the idea of what I'm going back and doing, you know, veering a little bit away from more of the modern stuff and kind of shining a bit more towards the, the retro collecting. So having a blast with that, guys. Absolute blast. It's amazing how that stuff can take you back. Like, you can remember, like, I saw the, like, the... They're called the records or whatever from GI Joe, but when we we're at Snap, like they had the the dreadnought there, mm-hmm. and I could totally remember playing with that thing in my bedroom and like the exact kind of games and getting mad that the ski torpedoes on the snowcat wouldn't stay in place anymore <laughs> and whatnot. And yeah, it's crazy. Or like the old Superman action figure, like from Superpowers, putting uh. tinsel from the Christmas tree on him to make it look like super speed. Ah, so cool. <laughs> Man, I love that stuff. So yeah, that's I'm gonna continue down this path, this deep dark path that I've got myself on, broadening out my my focus to to consume everything new and retro as well. So uh, loving it, guys, absolutely loving it. But I think it's time that we skip over and start talking about some of this news, and we're just gonna briefly touch on the X Men New Mutants film that is now coming out August 28th. I have to, in here on my notes 2019, but it's actually 2020 this year. It's moved, I believe, four times from its original release date, which I believe was April of 2018. So this this film has had a long storied history with release dates and not getting released. And then all of a sudden, Disney bought out Fox and it got taken off a slate. And now it's finally found a home mid-pandemic <laughs> in the theaters as they reopen. Now, I had a, a message from good friend Brad. He asked me, what do I need to do to get prepped for X-Men New Mutants? I don't even know if it's called that. Maybe just New Mutants. And I said, to be honest with you, I have no clue. So I did a little digging for him. And it does turn out that basically the studio said, we're tired of setting these films in the past. We want to contain it within the X-Men universe so you can have some verbal references. But do your own thing. Just kind of separate it out here. I believe originally in the first draft of the the script, Xavier was in it, Storm was in it, there's heavy connections to Apocalypse, I believe, and it was set in the 80s, and now they've set it in some nebulous time frame. So for those that are wanting this to connect into the X universe, I guess technically it does, but like the whole X timeline, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't (laughs) matter. It's just there, go consume it. If you're willing to take that risk to head out to the theaters for new mutants 
I wasn't aware until actually Carlos told me. I said, why did they just throw this on Disney Plus? But I guess HBO Max owns the rights for the digital content with regards to New Mutants. So that's why it's in theaters. I think that they just want to get it out there and maybe at some point it falls onto VOD in some aspects. That's probably how I'll eventually consume it. But Carlos, any interest in, in heading to New Mutants? I hate to put a damper on something that has this kind of wild history with release dates and a lot of hard work and effort went into rewrites and reshoots and, you know, all the kids promoting this are now three, four years older than when they filmed it. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on this one, man? Yeah, man. Like I, like I said, um, in the DM, like the reason Disney had to put this out in the theater is because Fox had an existing VOD deal with Warner brothers. Right. So it couldn't go straight to Disney Plus or Hulu. It would have to go to a Warner platform. And it's been pretty funny to watch the HBO Max Twitter feed because they've been cheeky about promoting <laughs> Dark Phoenix and whatnot after New Mutants was announced. And uh, people who were clapping back at them for promoting an X-Men product, they're like, hey, it's the law. We're allowed. So <laughs> I, I had to laugh. I, I don't know. I don't know if New Mutants would be a theater trip for me or not. Uh, the trailers looked interesting, mm-hmm. but maybe not spend theater bucks and take the pandemic theater trip um, enough interesting, but we'll see. We'll see. Like worst case, it'll end up on HBO, right? So yeah. um, I don't know how long the legs on this one will be. And I've kind of set myself of the mindset that Tenant's going to be where my big first foray into the theater for a new movie is so yeah i don't know that uh that new mutants will be it but yeah yeah we'll see well it's uh, it's the first film with any sort of brand recognition i think that is going to be in theaters in this new pandemic world totally so it'll be an interesting test for this size of film right this isn't your mulans or your one woman 84s your tenants like those are tent pole summer films this was always meant for an early spring release right and it fits into that october that horror kind of time frame or that early spring and so now dropping it end of august which is sometimes a bit of a graveyard but being the first film out of the gate at the same time that disney's kind of testing this mulan thing on disney plus It'd be interesting to see how New Mutants performs. And it's going to be hard to gauge as far as an opening weekend because not only we're in a pandemic, but I think the momentum for this died a long time ago. Like, it's unfortunate, but there just doesn't seem to be the hype. And this was almost announced a week ago, and it's coming out next week, right? So your prep time, they've been a bit cheeky about it on the trailers, kind of referencing, like, you know, fingers crossed it comes out on August 28th. But... They don't have. They haven't had enough prep time to really get the masses interested in this, and interest enough to take that that extra risk to go out and see it in the theaters. Well, so, and you make a good point too with it being like kind of the first bonafide movie because we've had yeah. a few new movies, mm-hmm. but those ones are all they just seem to be um, destined for VOD type films yeah. that took on theater spots to try and see what they could muster. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated with the test case for sure. Yeah. Me too. What about you, Troy, man? You went to see empire. I know you're mm. pretty stoked about tenant and a few others. Are you going to make the trip yeah. to the theaters for this one? I don't know. I don't, you know what? I was, I was sold on that last trailer. I really enjoyed that last trailer. It really highlighted some of the cool 
shots and sequences you can pull out of the character uh, magic. And um, I think that would be alone pretty cool to see on the big screen. I did recently actually just watch, um, my wife's a big Harry Potter person. I just watched, uh, she's going to kill me, the fourth one, uh, Goblet of Fire, I think. And I actually really enjoyed it. Again, it's that big screen magic that made me really yeah. like this uh, this movie, this property, a lot more. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm I'm two for two right now. Um, obviously, Star Wars is money. Should I make it a third and check this out? I mean, obviously, I'm going to go see Tenet with my boy Carlos over there. Tim, I don't know if you're coming, but we're supporting your movie. So, I don't <laughs> I, know. I'll, I'll take the bucks, but <laughs> maybe not the risk. <laughs> not the risk, yeah. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do this or not. It might just be... I don't know where. If it drops, I might just spur the moment, go out there and check it out. But mm. one thing, I got to holler at my boy, Sonny, because I want to see how cool these steelbooks are going to look. I would really like to get my hands on a, uh, a New Mutant steelbook. I think that would be pretty cool. So either way, I will make an effort to see this film somehow. Um, mm. Agreed. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, this isn't big enough for me to really go out there and check it out. But again, like I know... Seeing that movie, man, seeing something on the big screen really enhances it. It could make or break still. I mean, it could still be a horrible film on the big screen, no matter what. But um, I might just enjoy it more first glance on a big screen than I would on my uh, my little 55, right? So we'll see. <laughs> Your we'll little see. 55. <laughs> it's standard. It's standard these yeah, days, right? I mean, yeah. make, you know, it's, it's the standard size, man. I need I need that big screen. Big screen magic, man. We'll see. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And I think you made reference to there to the fact that it looks different and that's all on purpose. Yeah. Um, the director's yeah. mind or his name escapes me right now, but he's basically told make it look different in every aspect from <laughs> we want to kind of step away from what is being done. And so it's always been down this more horror route with regards to the new mutants and the way that they film this thing and the whole story and the narrative behind it. And it's just unfortunate. It's kind of got lost in the mix here between delays, you know, avoiding things like Deadpool and and then in the buyout and in then pandemic. Like it's just yeah. the most unfortunate release kind of windows that they've chosen here over the last little bit. And but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's probably not gonna be something that I'm gonna jump out of the theaters to, but I will make the effort, whether it's VOD or or via, you know, digital code or whatever, I'm gonna I'll make the effort to to see this and consume it. And we'll eventually, you know, hopefully do a review on this within the nerd room here and maybe put it as a bonus episodes or something for those that, that have consumed it. Um, so yeah, let, let's, let's see. I'd be interested to see what you guys have to say on, on new mutants. They're going to be making the trip in or uh, you're going to be waiting for this thing on VOD. But in any case, guys, it's time to get into the DC portion of this podcast. And we're going to start this off with not so much a down note, but an interesting note in DC's world because they've gone through at Warner Media in particular quite a restructuring and had a lot of internal changes within the company itself. And what this has meant is quite a substantial layoff, which is very unfortunate for those people. And we do sympathize with all those people that are losing their jobs. But this does have implications, wider implications for DC. And this is kind of really three faceted as far as I can tell here. And, you know, I'm going to ask really Carlos to jump into this conversation because he's got a lot to say and a lot of interesting information about the major changes that are happening at DC. But the big changes we're seeing are to the DC universe, that app that was introduced, I believe, in 2018, which did have a lot of the DC content and was this interesting integrated platform where you could also access comic books on that. And so it was the first of its kind where you could broadly venture into all the different aspects of 
of DC from the comic books straight to the films, TV shows. And they did have things like Doom Patrol and a few others there that debuted exclusively on that. And I believe up here it was, it ended up on sci-fi or whatever, but nonetheless, it was an interesting service that, you know, now I believe is going to be consumed by HBO Max by the look of it. We've got the DC Direct, the collectibles that you guys have mentioned here. And I know, Troy, you're pretty gutted when we're talking about uh, collectibles on Get Vocal a couple weeks ago. So we're going to jump into that. And then also DC Comics. You know, there's a lot of conjecture online that, you know, with the major cuts and some of the major studio or the uh, editor editors and the heads of, of DC Comics being axed there, that AT&T was done with comic books. They wanted no part in selling comic books they thought it was a dead business but jim lee has come to the table here and you know quelled a lot of those rumors and give us some some relief and some indications that yes of course dc comics is going to continue but what are your overall thoughts on this and kind of bring some of that that insight that you have to this yeah so i i was a bit taken aback by the news at first but you could kind of see this building over the course of time and like you knew that something was going to happen um with dc and like yeah my heart goes out to everybody that lost their jobs and there's a lot of people that were in that industry for a long time that are no longer employed with dc comics and like i'm pragmatic sometimes to a fault so it's not that i'm heartless folks but it's just you kind of gotta to take these things for what they are um but no 100 percent the DC layoffs do not mean that DC comics is done with publishing. There's rumors going on that Marvel is going to start publishing their books for them. Mm -hmm. That is totally false. So we got to kind of take a step back and like, I I did talk to some people with some very significant sources and who I know and believe are credible um, with their information. So like this stuff all started a while ago and there was things that never got the airplay that AT&T did, but basically um, there was a debt reduction piece of this, but also a streamlining of their business, right? So AT&T is a business. So they actually went out and they sold pieces that are huge uh, that we never heard about, but things like Entertainment Weekly and Time Magazine and things of that nature to try and um, get the Warner Media Group to a position where they're going to be viable and profitable into the future instead of just hanging on to these vestiges from days gone by, right? So a lot of these things that happened are kind of the same things that happened with Disney, with the Fox acquisition. So wherever there was redundancies or doubling up of um, positions, they got rid of the Fox people. Or maybe if the Fox people were better, they got rid of the Disney people. So they only had one person in that position. So there's a lot of jobs that got removed within the publishing sphere uh, where there's overlap between DC and some of the other spots that were out there. But then when it comes specifically to DC comics, um, I know that like there's no mints and words with it. Like HBO max is the major driver for AT&T and for their interest. And so one of the first things to come was when HBO Max was being birthed into the world. AT&T wasn't overly happy that it didn't match the um, permeation that Disney Plus yeah. had. Not so much with subscribers, well, to a point, but that um, Warner Media had been in places like in Canada is a great example, where there were existing agreements that they didn't push to get 
something done so that HBO Max existed as an entity in a marketplace. Like we're blessed here because the three of us get every single piece of new content that HBO Max puts out, but we get it under our existing cable deals and we didn't have to pay a penny more for it, right? Like mm -hmm. we just have that extra step of having to put a search into the guide and it'll show up, right? But AT&T didn't want that. They wanted something like Disney Plus where every marketplace has their version of it that basically had all their content on it. And they kind of pointed to the fact that look at Disney Plus in India. They got into bed with Hotstar. And who's Hotstar owned by? Sony, who we all know Disney doesn't overly love doing business with. But they got it done so that they could have Disney Plus as a product there. So that's kind of what HBO or AT&T wanted. And with the DC space, obviously, anytime that you start getting into that Disney lens, the DC stuff comes into focus. And they're like, well, why aren't you guys performing and having your characters in that same space and in that same prominence as the Marvel characters? You guys had a massive head start. And now you're so far behind, you're going backwards kind of thing. So um, they started internally with a survey. And AT&T actually surveyed the creators within DC comic space and the editorial staff and everybody else. And that's what led to the firing of Dan Didio. So we saw this coming like way back, like months ago. So this is, this is when all these pieces started coming into place. And that kind of also fits with the timing of the news coming out in that California labor law. Anytime there's mass layoffs, you have to give 60 days public notice. Yeah. So Dan Didio gets fired. AT&T gave these folks 90 days. It becomes kind of public consumption at that point in time. So with looking at what AT&T was doing, they were getting rid of a lot of like redundancies that DC had built into them. Like if you open a DC comic book and you see the sheer volume yeah. Of editors and associate editors and assistant to the associate editors. Those are all the people that they were getting rid of. And they got rid of a whole bunch of long tenured guys. Like I know guys like Bob Harris have big fan followings and they have very strong relationships with a lot of long tenured creators in the industry. And that's who guys like Jerry Conway were complaining about losing their jobs. But at the same time, like I might argue that after you've been in the industry for like 30, 40 years, you might not have your finger on the pulse as to what's viable anymore. Like when you keep trying to push OMAC as a thing for like the 30th time, it's like maybe you need to recognize that, you know, this thing was cool in 1972 and never since. So let's move on. There's no need to try it in 99. There's no need to try it in 2015. Like just let her go. Right. So they got rid of a ton of jobs like that. And like things like, so the guy that runs the, the Batman group of books, for example, didn't necessarily take part in like what trades were being put out, what was being put out digitally. Those were jobs that other people had. And so AT&T was like, if you're the head guy for this group of books, Shouldn't you be the guy that runs and dictates the graphic novels coming out, what our digital strategy is? And that was another big thing was they were like, well, what's your digital strategy? And they're like, well, we were giving out free codes in the back of comic books. 
physical comic books? Well, isn't that like saying that you get a free soup when you buy a can off the shelf at <laughs> the grocery store? They're like, no, you need you needed to grow that as a concept and grow that business. And so that's kind of what a lot of these moves were. And if you look at what Jim Lee was saying when he came out, and he kind of stole the thunder with a lot of the information that I got because he put it out in that THR interview. But um, like he pointed to stuff like Injustice, where he said like Injustice was an experiment that they brought out as a digital first book. They, Tom Taylor was writing it, did a phenomenal job, but it's not like they had like an all-star artist or anything like that on there. But that thing became the highest selling digital comic book for that year. Like it outsold everything at Marvel, outsold Batman even with DC. And it brought them a whole new group of fans that would have never been exposed to those books and never been in those stores kind of thing. So that was part of it. They also promoted two ladies out of their own ranks, one of which um, was responsible for all their young reader material. And DC has been killing it with the young reader material. Um, if you look at the record sales for comic books over the last couple of years, it's all led by stuff being put out by Scholastic and other um, publishers outside of the big two, right? So I don't know, I don't read like young reader stuff, but like Diary of a Wimpy Kid and things of that nature, those type of comic books. But in that space, she had grown the business so much that DC actually has a larger market share than Marvel there. And to that point, Disney publishes comic books through Marvel Comics. They wanted to grow that space so much that they took the publishing of their young reader material away from Marvel Comics and IDW is putting it exactly. out to try and grow that business for them. So this is somebody who's doing something right, a young, fresh mind. I'm going to suggest that she's way better than the dude pushing OMAC in 2020. So that's the type of person that they're bringing up. They're bringing up another lady who was big in the esports realm, which is a huge thing, right? And that grew from something that people perceived as a joke to a multi-billion dollar industry, right? So these are the types of things that DC's doing. Um, yeah, I hate to say it, but they are moving towards more of a digital platform. I think you're going to see them move towards more of a something along the lines of the black label type concept where it's strong creator driven narratives. They have a strong story, publish that story. It'll exist. It'll be something published digitally, physically in books and then live on in per perpetuity in graphic novel form and try and hit those kind of things. Right. Cause you can publish Batman books all year long. Something like the three jokers is going to be uh, something that people talk about forever, right? Or what's the point of publishing Adam Strange as a regular monthly book if nobody's buying it when you could publish something like Strange Adventures that takes off, catches the world on fire because Tom King and his co-creators have a special story to tell, right? And then you sell that thing as a trade. New readers can get into it. It exists forever. Tons of jumping on points for people. And, um, yeah, like I, I can kind of see where they're going with this and DC direct DC direct is a casualty to me because they were on the cutting edge of doing things that were unique and making those niche products, embracing the art that, um, was inspiring these things and seeing it brought to life in 3d. 
but now there's other manufacturers that are in that space that can kind of do it better and cheaper. And it seems like that's where they want to go with that. Right. So yeah, at one point in time, they were the only game in town, but now there's other folks maybe doing it better, maybe doing it cheaper. So that's, that's where the smart play is. So yeah, there, there is a lot of just kind of very cold financial pieces to it. But I think in the long term. Like this is the play that is going to make DC and DC's characters live on forever kind of thing. Right. And it's such an interesting thing because like the way you talk about this, I fully agree with, you You know, being in the business world that you have to make these decisions for the longevity of the company. Right. This is basically a modernization of DC. This is taking those products and, like you said, streamlining things digitally. Because you look, Marvel's been giving away a digital code and it has the the Marvel Universe app and then also Marvel Digital Comics for since I started really reading comic books. You know, I think they introduced it in 2012-13. They started giving these things away, so I have a massive library of digital codes. Mm-hmm. And DC started that years later. And yep. Marvel's way ahead of them in the digital space. And even with your comments towards HBO Max, I agree with you. That came out to a very limited fanfare. Everyone was excited about it, but it didn't have like a launch pad TV show like The Mandalorian or, hey, we have the whole MCU here. Or we have, you know what I mean? Star, you know. So it Disney Plus came out to this massive fanfare and they built that. And to me, Warner Bros. or HBO Max kind of had a few things, but it kind of just fell flat until the Snyder Cut gets on there until some of this DC product gets on to HBO Max and they start doing that original content in a big way. Now, like Disney Plus, they're slowly picking up the pace on their original content, but they had something to sell the platform on too. 100%, man. And like the Snyder Cut was sitting there. Yeah. They could have launched with that. Well, that's what in my mind, like when we talk, you go back however many episodes it was when we first, when it was first real, the Snyder Cut was real and it was a real thing. And they hadn't given any insight as to when it was coming. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to use this as as a launch item. Like to get a ton of people into HBO Max, you launch it with something like this. And then it came out, yeah, okay, they have a lot of work to do and all that. But nonetheless, we're going to see that. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes here. But it's interesting to hear that. Like I, I, I agree with you fully that, yes, these are cold business decisions. But this is about protecting DC for the long haul. People worried about them getting out of the comic book industry, not happening. This is to protect that because look, Jim Lee said in his statements in the Hollywood Reporter that this is basically like an incubation for them. They can test concepts and ideas and characters, introduce new new characters to DC, which then they're just going to pluck out and put onto you know, HBO Max or into the films, right? They need to have somewhere to begin and this really cultivate the ideas and then they can pull it like that's exactly what marvel's done right they're pulling right. from civil war they're pulling from you know we're gonna see miss marvel on screen here on uh, disney plus at least <clears throat> and she's a character that's just introduced a few years ago and she's a perfect example of this right because g woodrow wilson had an idea they committed to telling a single story that could be contained and absorbed and consumed. And once the popularity grew, they expanded that out with the second set of books, right? So the first, I think the first run was six issues and then went another six and then went 12. And now you have a character who's fronting a triple A video game. Like she's the main character in the Avengers game that's coming out. Like that's the way you do it. And it's like, look, 
I don't know why I am the guy on Twitter who's saying like, yeah, you know, guys, like I feel for the comic stores and the weekly floppies and stuff, but you know, the change is coming with the digital platforms and whatnot. Um, and like people don't like to hear that. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm there every week spending my money and stuff like that, but I can appreciate where AT&T's head is at. Like, when I was at the store this last week, I was at the store for two and a half hours, Wednesday, new comic day during prime time, chatting with the, with the owner, the manager, hanging out two and a half hours. I did not see one person under the age of 30, 35 walk into that store. And it's a popular store with like a pretty brisk comic book business like it's probably the one store in town where that is their focus new and back issue comics not one lots of guys north of that age coming in picking up their weekly books and stuff like that so you unless they go out and capture that next generation the whole thing is going to die so i'd rather go through this tough period and have batman something that's around when my kids are my age um than for them to be Doc Savage or things of that nature, right? Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's adapt or die at this point, right? Hundred percent, man. It's, it's take this this path now, or DC Comics doesn't exist in five years, right? You you have yeah. to like we've seen so many companies. You can like even relate this to tech. BlackBerry. You can go to to Kodiak. They refuse to go digital, right? And BlackBerry refused to adapt to the smartphone technology. And you've seen so many examples of the refusal to move. And BlackBerry went from one of the biggest cell phone companies in the world to not existing in like a three-year span. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? and so I agree. This is what this is about. It's it's modernizing for the future of comic books, the future of film, which is digital. And I agree with you. I feel for the comic book shops, but then they also have to adapt. And I think they have right. They to me, these comic book shops are at least the ones that I go to are adapting more to the collectible space as well, right? Yeah. Like they're getting in and getting Troy to buy six figures at once because <laughs> you can't get them at Walmart or Target or EB Game. Like you can't get them, but you show up in your comic book shop and boom, they're there. They specialize yeah. in this stuff. And so it has it, the whole industry and all this is going to go through this massive turnover. This pandemic is going to accelerate a lot of it, but it's got to happen. Like Troy, man, what, what are your thoughts on kind of this this changeover that we're seeing within DC, you know, namely, you know, DC Direct, you know, like you said, Carlos, a bit of a casual to all this. They were this in-house merchandising, and that's being kind of shifted out to other companies. And kind of what we're going to see here in the comic book space with twenty to thirty or twenty to twenty-five percent, I believe Jim Lee said of their comics, the bottom-end comics that aren't making money or just breaking even, they're going to end those and streamline the storytelling you know, this creator driven storytelling, man, what are your thoughts on all this, all these big changes? Yeah, man, it's wild. It's, it's all over the place. I mean, uh, shoot. I mean, well, I, if I'm talking about the DC direct line, the collectibles line, um, obviously I'm a big fan. I got a lot of those, their, their figures, but I've always said, um, for quite some time, there's been, there's been issues. Like we've never been able to go to a Toys R Us and see a DC collectibles line. Like you could never pick one up at Toys R Us, Walmart, um, I'm not too sure about Target. I mean, every time I've gone to the States, I've never seen them in Target. But you can bet you can see a McFarland toy stacked oh, yeah. all over the Walmarts, uh, the EB Games, and, uh, and the Toys R Us as well. And it's it's really weird. And, uh, you know, the McFarland line is dope because it appeals to, like, the, the adult collectors. 
and McFarlane is is in that realm. But then you also have the new license after Mattel, Spin Masters, which appeals to the kids, like the little three and three quarters. Like, and they're they're killing it. They're actually really cool figures, and and the kids are responding pretty well to it. But then you have this collectible line that's awesome, but nobody knows about it. Like, no, nobody's really seen it unless you're going to a comic book store, and you know they're not very kid friendly in a sense to these things because like, I mean, I'm looking at them right now and I love them, but they have like, they have no peg holes underneath their feet. So you can't even stand these things up properly. Half of them don't. Um, they, the collectibles lines, it's weird. It's called, um, so there's DC collectibles, which is slash direct. Right. But yeah. they have this other line called DC essentials, which, which I like, they, they look great, but they're called the DC essential line yet. They essentially don't come with anything but the figure. Like, there's no accessories with these lines. Where I pick up a Batman from McFarlane, I'm getting the grappling hook. I'm getting, um, you know, the smoke grenade. I'm getting, like, the cool kind of belts and all all sorts of things. All the bells and whistles, right? And I got a Wonder Woman DC Essential, and it comes with maybe one hand swap. It's like, what? This is Wonder Woman. Like, where's the sword? And for 10 to 15 bucks more, right? exactly exactly so I, I totally get it on that sense um it's it is unfortunate because that line was doing cool things that others weren't like the animated line whether it was batman whether it was the justice league um for the digital stuff man i mean yeah you know me i'm a big time physical media guy um when we're talking about injustice i think one of the biggest points not only was it the book the book was awesome but the game the game came out kind of at the right time we're, we're still in that era of cap versus iron man Batman versus Superman. And this was definitely before BBS, obviously, the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously after Batman Returns, right? Um, is it Dark Knight Returns. Obviously after that, after we've already seen Batman versus Superman in their, their older years. But the game was so cool. The mobile app game was pretty cool too. And then they hit you with a cool comic book. That was unheard of back then. Normally you get a game or a movie and then you get their tie-in comic book. It's not very good. DC did something very special with that book. So everything was firing on all cylinders. So I can see why they would not want to move forward with those kinds of things. But um, I don't know, man. At the same time, it's going to be hard for me to transition all the way into digital. But I don't know. I don't know how huge the digital world is when it comes to conflicts. I mean, you guys would have a better answer than I would because... I'm still pretty physical. I feel like people either read comic books or they don't. I don't know if there is really like, like you guys read the digital stuff, but you guys were also big time comic book readers in the first place. I don't know new audiences that are like, yeah, I'm reading just digital because it's just convenient um, without having a background in reading physical in the first place. So I don't, I don't really know how that necessarily works for a new audience if they're trying to grab them. So you guys well, would probably. I guess that, that's, that's an interesting question too because I find myself transitioning because I read the floppy, but then if I'm going to reread it, I do it digitally. I pop yeah. the code in and I do it digitally so I don't have yeah. to take it out of the board and bag, right? Yeah. And so I find myself most times reading it, it the physical way and then revisiting later down the road if I have to or if there's been a big space between issues or whatever. Right. Um, and then in the digital space too, I think what is interesting is the accessibility becomes a global thing, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've talked to a lot of people and just recently people online here that don't have accessibility to a comic book shop. And short of ordering from mycomicbookshop.com or whatever, they don't have that same ability to consume these stories. And once they go digital, as long as you have an internet connection, you can get any comic book you want on mm. Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. So you can keep up with the current books as they're dropping. And or then you Tuesday. Go to, 
or Tuesday. Yes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. In, especially in this case. Yeah. <laughs> but and so to me, that's also a game changer is it, it allows more people to become comic book readers. And so people that are finding a passion for comic books through Wonder Woman or through Captain America, whatever, and want to transition from the films into the comic books can do that with literally a click of a button. Right. Where yeah. if you don't have that accessibility or or anything like that, or you can do the research and jump in and say, what do I do here? And if you don't like it, you've spent three bucks on a digital comic. That's fine. I, and I, I agree with you. It takes away from the experience that I had being introduced to comic books through the shop mm-hmm. and through interacting with the people there and picking up the physical media and then looking at the figures and looking at the hot, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you lose that. And it becomes just about the read and less yeah. about the experience. Yeah. And so that's where digitally you lose things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and I think part of that too is just the obtuse strategy that they had, right? Like digital books should not be priced the exact same as physical books, right? right? Which is one of the things that AT&T was scratching their head about because it's like, well, if you want to lure people to digital, why aren't these books one, two, three dollars cheaper? Um, because they eventually go on sale anyways mm-hmm. for rock bottom prices, right? Um, but that's a way to lure people to that digital platform, right? And just the accessibility of it, right? Like I went to China, I had all of Civil War II and Batman and Batman and Robin Eternal. So that's like 104 issues of those two books. And then however much Civil War II was just in my iPad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you couldn't pack one of those stories in a suitcase without being overweight and then thrown in an internment camp. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's a ton of selling. Like I think the biggest shift for people will be the shift from being a comic book collector to being a comic book reader. Right. Yeah. Right, um, right, which right. is even me as a longtime collector, like that was a huge obstacle I had to get over. But like one of the big things for me is I wanted to read like there's a couple old Batman storylines that I want to read. And I open my storage room and my books are like they're tight, like they are all organized, all bagged, boarded, sorted, numbered, alphabetized, organized by decade, the long box. I open the door. I look at those long boxes <laughs> and just the thought of pulling this one out because part one's in Batman and then this one out because parts three and four are in detective. And then it had a Nightwing crossover. So then I got to pull this box out. And then there was a Catwoman spinoff issue. I can't tell you how many times I've opened that door and just closed it. <laughs> and this is a guy who's like organized, right? This is the goddamn you know? Batman. Yeah. And you know, if you read something digitally and you love it, you'll go buy it physically. Like yep. Batman, the white Knight, bought it digitally absolutely loved it ended up going out and buying the deluxe hardcover version of it right yeah it's just it's just it'll change the way we consume stuff Mm -hmm. um but as long as those that medium is always there and as long as those stories are still there Mm -hmm. it'll be awesome yeah i i think this is good the evolution of the industry right and like i said it's all being accelerated right now but it's a necessary step so that we still get these stories and so that we still get things like dc fandom guys yeah so we get these these big things and it's fortunate that some of this news is leading into what is the biggest dc event of of modern time i would say you know yeah short of like one of these massive movie premieres like the dark knight or the dark knight rises like this is it guys this is something that i'll say it again is unprecedented 
it, it's it's unbelievable what they've been able to pull together here. And when I first heard about this, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they're gonna get Jim Lee. He's gonna talk a bit about you know the creative process. They might get a few people like a guy like James Gunn just to talk a little bit about what he's doing. But they've literally put together, and I think you said this before we start recording, Carlos, something that is head and shoulders better than SDCC. Like yeah. you're getting a very focused look at DC, but every single facet, it's going to touch on the films, the TV universe, the kids verse, which you referenced there, Carlos, as being one of the places where DC is excelling. And I have to agree with you. I've got a daughter in my house. She sees Star Wars and Marvel all day. All she wants to talk about is DC because they've made it accessible for her through the DC superhero girls. She loves them, will not stop talking about them. <laughs> and so they've made that accessible and they've got this kids verse here. They've got the fun verse, insider verse, you verse. So they've given everybody something to watch, something to look at and something to consume inside DC fandom here. And I think this is why it's going to be so successful. It's so well set up to the point where this must've been planned pre-pent. Like there's no way that they thought of this and pull this into execution in the time frame that they had. Like, I, I just find it unbelievable what they're doing here. Just the fact of how organized it is. I have my login information already. I've got panels scheduled. I've got them queued up as to give me notifications when this is happening. Like, it's, it's crazy the environment that they've created digitally here for fans of DC. Look, this whole thing that we just talked about, the evolution, this is the start of it. This is almost like, let's get this out of the way. We're going to initiate it, but we're going to kick off the next step right here a couple weeks later with DC Phantom. Carlos, man, you have to be getting to a fever pitch. Your house, you're all DC fans. I know you've made some specific arrangements with family and all that, but are you guys going into pure lockdown this Saturday with Phantom? Oh, man, you have no idea. You have no idea. So my parents don't listen to the show. We've totally lied to them because my dad's <laughs> birthday is on Fandom Day. And it's like, Dad, yeah, I know you had some things going on. I'll come take care of you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we'll do a birthday dinner because, uh, yeah, I got like a conference online thing Saturday. It's all day. And, yeah, like the kids are busy and whatnot, but it's like it's all about the fandom. Like we – we had that login information. We got the thing scheduled. We've got like the alpha platform. We got the beta platform all all sorted out. And it's just it's to the point that actually my youngest is like a little worried that she won't be able to leave the house or like the living room area. She's like, so this this is like all day. Like, can can I like play toys and stuff if I want? And this is, but uh, yeah, that's how that's how keyed into this thing we are. And like, yeah, man, like like you said, this has been a long time in the making. And guess what? This, these are the kinds of things that this new progressive way of thinking exactly. are going to bring to the forefront. That's what's going to grow this company. And it's like, who would have thought that a DC exclusive event would have way more fanfare, way more hype, way more A-list celebrity status than SDCC? That's that's what blows my mind about this, right? Yeah. There's a few people that showed up at SDCC, but you've got The Rock. You've got Matt Reeves. You've, I'm assuming Robert Pattinson, James Gunn, the entire Suicide Squad cast, Gal Gadot. Like, literally everybody that has any involvement in a DC project. And that's just the films. Like, we got to go to the TV. you got to go to the creative piece of it all. Like, Jim, like everyone, Jim Lee, is, is going to be there in some capacity. 
which is it's just mind blowing. Troy, like, are, yeah. like, how hyped are you for this? Is this gonna be a household thing? Is this gonna be something you're gonna tune into for the full twelve hours before it goes into repeat mode for the following twelve hours? Man, I tell you, I was I was okay. I was like, yeah, this is cool. But after listening to you two guys, man, I'm hyped like crazy. Like, <laughs> I got my my login like ASAP. Like, you guys are like putting on another level right now. So shoot, that's that's what's up. I gotta check this out. But no, of course I'm excited. I mean, um, the video game, man. Come on, I've been waiting for something, something yeah, baby. of Batman Arkham series, and we're getting there. Carlos has been giving me the inside scoops of these little teases. And how long have they been teasing us now, man? Like 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 a year? A little, yeah. little less? But like just like leaked little cryptic yeah. images. Little things, and... little things. And you know what? The hypes, it's 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 bigger than ever. Um, I don't want to throw in my two cents, but my boy Spider-Man set that level even higher with that PS4 video game. It was it was all Arkham. It was all about the Batman Arkham, but then Spidey came along with that exclusive PlayStation game yeah. and set it so high. So now this <laughs> Batman game has to it has to it has to take the throne back it has to dethrone spidey so it's gonna be awesome man i can't wait to see it um i've been working with a couple of people and i i you know i even told them about this i'm not very interested in it but i told them about the suicide versus the justice league and these guys were like what really like justice league take down superman i'm like yeah like i guess and these guys like that sounds awesome so i was like well job well done on on dc's part because awesome. rock steady man just imagine hun- hunting down superman with deadshot couple kryptonite bullets it's cool man it's cool. <laughs> i better be able to be bronze tiger do you know have they released any of the characters no just that one image of like the superman's back with like the, the crosshairs on him yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it, it's cool to see other people's reaction to things that you're not necessarily interested in really gets me hyped that much more you know what i mean if that makes any sense yeah so, well, this um, is all man. me man like this yeah. is like like how, how like i've always been in the fandom but i've always i consider myself kind of skating around the periphery of it yeah this is the, like the most hyped i've been for like like we have a serious absence of star wars and marvel here but even yeah. if we're getting trailers for marvel like this event in itself it makes me jealous <laughs> for what could have been in other in other universes and i think this is gonna kick off what hopefully is some sort of arms race to who can do better events like holistically <laughs> between well, cool all too. these companies I mean, because for a while now like we've been getting um what do you call it we've been getting e3 e3's done a pretty cool job of giving us streaming uh content probably the best out of most things like celebrations gotten better i think the last couple celebrations have been mm-hmm. really good but e3 i've always felt like it's done like it's been ahead of its time it's always giving the fans whether you're there or watching live especially a really cool show uh almost to the point where like that is like my thing i'm watching e3 and i'm so hyped for these trailers so to see this with like fandom dc fandom i'm like dope like let's go i can't wait to see i hope we get that 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 henry cavill announcement of superman I'm, I'm hoping so hard for that i'm obviously dying for the the hbo max justice league snyder cut man like i'm all there i just um it's cool man and and it's all new this is all new you know when it comes to the other content we kind of have an idea of how it's going to play out like whether it's san diego whether it's celebration this though is like anything can go who knows what's going to happen and i feel like they're going to light the roof off man it's going to be crazy they Crazy. are. Well, let's talk about some of the schedule here, guys, a little bit. We'll we'll take maybe not such a deep dive, but 
we'll throw out some of the panels that have us, you know, highly anticipated or something that we want to put a little asterisk beside because we think there's going to be a big reveal here. We have the Hall of Heroes, which is basically interesting enough, your Hall H, right? (laughs) (laughs) From SCCC, where you're getting the major, the heavy hitters, your Dwayne The Rock Johnsons, your One Woman 84 Gal Gadot panels. And that's the one that kicks it off. And I love that they've done this with One Woman 84. You know, they set her up as the centerpiece, as the big drive into the start of this. And that's one one eighty four panel that kicks off the whole thing at 10, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 a.m. for us here. But this one here has got me stoked because I think we're going to get some insight into Cheetah and they're going to have to hype us up, right? They're going to start building this promo machine with Wonder Woman 84, getting us reintegrated into what is hopefully going to be a theatrical experience for Wonder Woman 84. I believe, what's the release date there, Carlos? November? October. October. Yeah. So, yeah, just in time for Thanksgiving, I guess. Right? Or just before? Yeah. Yeah, In and around that space. But I have to say, guys, one of the ones here at Hall H that does stick out to me beyond kind of this kickoff Wonder Woman 84 panel is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad panel. He's teased us a little bit. They're doing kind of a Jeopardy style of interactive play with the entire cast. Well, it looks like looks like a ton of fun. But I have to believe that this film is going to get its first trailer this coming weekend. Do you, oh. do you guys agree with that? Like, they, James Gunn has to be bringing. They've they finished Principal. They've been working on it. He said explicitly that they managed to get everyone at home before you know major pandemic, and they've been working on this film ever since like not stop so they have to have a beautiful two-minute trailer for us do you not agree oh 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. come on man like margot robbie john cena idris elba in the lead of this thing is gonna be wicked he cannot go wrong they all threw a really cool birthday message out to james gunn too right and it got a lot of speculation going as to what this and the thing that i love about the interaction i've seen it looks like everyone's had a blast on this film and I think that's really going to come across in the panel that they're doing here. It, mm-hmm. it just, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Carlos, man, throw a couple of panels out here, man. Hall H, whatever. What are you looking forward to at this? Well, on the smaller spaces, like I'm looking forward to McFarlane's got a panel with mm-hmm. some reveals on it. So yes. that'll be awesome. To be honest, like today really, really built my hype. Like, and it's supercharged just watching Troy get all giddy in the corner there, but the, the WB Montreal's Batman game reveal. Cause it's like the Arkham origins game was always my favorite one in all respects, except the controls, like the controls mm. were just, but they knew that. Right. And so you got to think that this one will be tighter, but you look at the designs from that game, the thought that they put into just the characters that he faced off against, why he was facing off against with them, the premise of it being at Christmas, the different assassins that they brought in. It was amazing. So, and it's been what, like seven, eight years since they put that game out. So a lot of time to learn like WB Montreal is a pretty capable studio. So the teases have been pretty cryptic, but the one today had like a number flash in it. And if you plug that number into the website, showed you a piece of the map, but during the loading screen of the map, it kind of flashed uh, a quick image. And if you pause on the image, it's like very clearly a Court of Owls mm. type logo. 
So a Court of Owls game, like Batman versus a Court of Owls in Gotham City, there's yes. rumblings that it's a Gotham Knight game. So if it's Gotham Knights and it's Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, Tim and Damien, oh, Barbara. Goodness, the Grayson, the Grayson. Oh, I think they on. got it because like you said, Spider-Man PS4 threw the gauntlet down. Yeah. So that's kind of the one the one piece of the arsenal that they haven't played yet with the Arkham games is um, the sidekicks. Like they gave you a little taster of them, but you yeah. didn't really get to fully, uh, fully realize their gameplay and whatnot. So that one's got me pretty hyped. Like, I think that's going to be a big reveal and it's it kind of touching your other point, Tim, with like a, something for everyone. Like there's a whole segment of fans that I never interact with that have all of a sudden blown up social media because the hype for this game. And that's one of two because the Arkham proper studio, like Rocksteady, everybody's golden child has not made a game since Batman Arkham Knight, which was triple A. And they're coming with a suicide squad game that nobody knows anything about. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's going to be huge. And I love how curated this whole or curated the whole event is. So it's not going to be like E3 where you got to watch eight hours. It's like, yeah, you can find what you want to find when you want to find it. So that's kind of cool too. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. I loved season one of Doom Patrol. or se- I didn't love season one of Doom Patrol. Really dug season two. And they had to end it on a bit of a cliffhanger because of the pandemic. So they didn't get to finish filming. It was supposed to have 10 episodes. They only got to nine. But they knew they were getting cut short. So they added a cliffhanger to nine. So I'm curious to see what they do there. Um that HBO is bringing the hype, man. So they got a couple of panels. They're teasing a few things. So let's see if we get that Green Lantern show teased or something from JJ's Abrams, mind. Yeah. And then, yeah, man, the Batman. Oh, like, come on. Yes. Look, I, I, I wasn't getting ready for work the other day with that little piece of Matt Reeves with the score playing on loop for 25 minutes or so. <laughs> I didn't do that. But uh, I could be inclined. <laughs> Look, man, this this panel, this is Batman, the Batman panel, this caps off DC fandom in the Hall of Heroes, right? And you read the description on it. It's, you know, Matt Reeves brings you, you know, some insight and a few surprises. They have to be dropping a teaser trailer, we'll call it, just because of the length likely of it. Less than a minute, probably. But... They, they this to me the way they're ending this six thirty our time, it caps off all this the Batman, like we talked. I remember I think at the start of the year the most anticipated episode we did, and we had mentioned there's real potential we're gonna get a Batman trailer in this year, and we're projecting it to be in that November December time frame, but here we are August twenty second, and I'm gonna put it out there. I think we're gonna get a trailer for this oh. film, a teaser trailer in some aspect. It might just be a full reveal of the suit with maybe that bike scene that we saw on them on set shooting, a few other things, maybe some voiceover work. Something is happening, right? Oh, I, yeah, it has man. to be. I didn't even think of the bad voice. Yeah. Now I'm even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And then even things like, look, Troy, Black Adam here. We've got, mm-hmm. we've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's coming in himself. He's been building the hype on social media, like ramping up that machine here. 
We've got him speaking to us. We've got Shazam, as we know you're looking forward to Shazam too. <laughs> He's out of here. <laughs> no, Max. What, what excites you about about DC fandom here? Like, what panels? What are you looking for? Do you mention the Snyder Cut, which we know we're going to get a trailer for mm. as well? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right there with Carlos, man. It's 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 the game. It's the game verse, dude. Um, what more can I say? Court of Owls talk. Uh, we can get a game now. Like I just mentioned, to compete against Spider-Man PS4. You have Batman, right? Uh, Batman and Spider-Man, two of the biggest superheroes of all time. But the mechanics of Spider-Man was so smooth to compete with that. If you could pull off a Nightwing, a Robin, Dick Grayson to see what he can do in Gotham City or Bloodhaven, if we're going to expand the game that much more, it's going to be fantastic. And then you throw in the Court of Owls. Everybody has been screaming for some kind of Court of Owls content outside of the comic books since that comic book. I know we've gotten... Some makeshift stuff on Gotham. I'm not even going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> that saga there. But um, I think a video game could be really cool um, to dive in on that stuff. And, and and the Bat Family, keeping it Bat-centric, right? Because Spider-Man is my boy. Spider-Man doesn't really have a spite. Well, he kind of has a Spidey family. He has the Spider-Verse. But it's not on that level of a, a Nightwing, a Barbara Gordon, um, obviously a Red Hood. Uh, what Batman holds. That whole group, I would love to see what they're going to do. And um, yeah, I, I'm with, I'm with Carlos here. Like I wasn't, wasn't the biggest, biggest fan of Arkham origins, but I love the idea of it. I really did enjoy the game. I love the design. The cutscenes were probably some of the best cutscenes ever, man. Like seeing um, Deathstroke and Batman go at it. There was like crazy. And that was, that was PS3. Yeah. That's PS3. That was yeah, Xbox man. 360. And if you go back on YouTube and look it up, it still holds up. Um, the controls, yeah, I, I I almost broke a couple controllers, man. That felt like Street Fighter two days. Like I was I was losing it on those <laughs> things. But um, no, I'm I'm excited for that stuff there. Um, yeah, I mentioned the the HBO Max stuff. I'm nervous. I'm nervous for the Batman because I I still haven't been like completely sold on it, and I uh, I want to like this. I want to love this. And when you mentioned the voice, I got even more nervous. I'm like, oh shoot, that's a huge thing. You know, when you when you go to Batman whether it's Christian Bale's, whether it's, uh, you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Like <laughs> Those voices, right? And then also my boy Affleck, like the voice is so important. So that kind of sets the tone of what you're in for with a Batman, especially him being kind of a younger uh, first-year Batman. So I'm just nervous. I I'm excited, though. I'm so excited. I just don't know what we're going to get. Um, another thing I'm kind of curious about, did they confirm that it's two games that we're only getting out of this yeah. whole event? It is. Okay, so there's no surprise game because I know Tom Taylor is doing the, the other, um, isn't it like a prequel to Injustice, I think? Comic book? Yeah, that's like their their next, so instead of doing like an in-continuity event, uh -huh. they're like, people love Injustice, why don't we just yeah. do an Injustice event? Which is wicked. Which, which so, is cool, but it's, it, it'd be weird without a game, right? Because the, the whole thing was started from a game. It would be cool if we got a game to back up that you kind of see where i'm going but i guess like, well, yeah but yeah you know what man you might be onto something you know what i mean mk11 is kind of getting into short strokes and it's almost done nether realm kind of does their back and forth right like it's mk one year and then injustice now exactly. there are yeah. there are a few to be announced panels as well right right there's right. a few mystery panels that are only like 10 minutes long and that's that's the other thing that's nice about these these are all range from 10 to 30 minute panels too Mm -hmm. um, being that I think some of them at least are pre-recorded, right? And so they've had time to edit these things down to something that's that's consumable, especially when you're dealing with with this much information and this mm -hmm. many different avenues of of exploration that you could go down. 
And my hope is, is that eventually all this is posted. I'm not sure if they've confirmed that, that this will be posted to this site where you can go back and revisit things that overlapped in, in timing as far as yeah. the kids stuff and hall of age stuff and all that. So it's, it's something that I wouldn't have said six months ago, if you had told me that the thing I'd be most hyped for at the end of the summer would be this massive DC virtual conference. I'd be like, you're nuts. Like, what are you talking about? Like you're nuts. Um, <laughs> well, let's get nuts. <laughs> but but here we are, man. Like 2020 is, is one hell of a weird year. Yeah. And this is something, this is like immensely positive. So guys, if you aren't clued into what's going on on DC Phantom, I hope we brought some of that excitement, some of that hype and some insight into, into what's here. What's going down? Like we did, we only touched on a few things here, guys. There is literally, I don't know what the exact count is, but there's got to be upwards of a hundred plus panels. Oh, um, there's crazy stuff. Like if you want to virtually ride the rides yeah. in Abu Dhabi, DC, Warner Brothers land, you can ride the rides and there's wow. like tours of the back cave. Yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah. The, the kids have like this whole Teen Titans tower thing and like mm -hmm. the DC superhero girls high school and whatnot that you can go into. Like, yeah, you could spend 12 hours on that thing and never watch a panel just farting around with these games and like VR things. Yeah, it's <laughs> so cool. Very consumable. So guys, we're going to be doing a ton of coverage of this. Like not only on Twitter with live reactions, but like I said, we're going to hit get vocal 8 p.m. ish, depending on how these panels end out, how they pan out and just talking about some of this stuff, namely the, the trailers that we're anticipating, and then doing the deep dive next week here in the Nerd Room, talking about all these big reveals. We might even need to do a two-parter episode based on just the first half of the day, the amount of <laughs> reveals that we're anticipating here. We usually take a whole episode to do a trailer review, <laughs> and we're, we could end up with upwards of three to four new trailers in the DC film universe, which is exciting. This doesn't even touch on what they could go into HBO Max space and, mm. and beyond that. And this, you know, the comic book reviews, we had Jim Lee doing a big panel here, and he's going to elaborate probably on what DC comics look like in the next year or so. And so guys, this is extremely exciting in DC, and we're going to do our best to keep pace with everything that's going on and to deliver the insight into this for you guys. And we want you guys to join along with us. You know, use the hashtag we the nerd to keep up with what we're doing. If you want to get, you know, in touch with us, Twitter is the place. If you want to interact with us, our handles are, of course, at the end of the episode, like they always are. Tag us and stuff. Ask us questions. We're going to miss stuff too, guys. Like, we're not going to be able to consume this in, in every single facet that they're presenting here. So you see something cool, tag us. Let us know because we want to have kind of almost this community consumption of DC fandom because this is the first time we get to do this together, guys. We're, you know, yes, virtually, but we're seeing everything at the exact same time as everyone else is on the planet, which is really cool. And in one spot. Yeah, that's and a great point. Where, great like, point, usually there's the people that are in the panels, they're tweeting it, they're live, you know, we get the footage that we're getting descriptions from on websites, but we get to see this real time with each other and react to it and then we're going to discuss it, of course, on Get Vocal. So huge hype for this, guys. DC Fandom this Saturday, the 22nd, starting at 10 p.m. Pacific time with 184 and ending with The Batman. Of course, The Batman's kicking it out and ending this thing, man. Yeah, Setting it out on a big note. And for our friends overseas, this thing continues. The encore presentation of it goes right through the night, 24 hours 
of DC fandom, two 12-hour back-to-back conferences with an immense amount of content to consume. So guys, tune in next week to the Nerd Room for all coverage of DC fandom, as well as this Saturday at Get Vocal, live streaming our reactions. Whoever we can get at the table, we'd love to hear what you guys have to think. And with all that being said, guys, if you want to be a bigger part of the show, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. Like I said, you can find us on Twitter. We're always running around looking for something to discuss. You can find all the content and everything that we produce over at nerdroom.net, as well as Instagram. There's going to be some stuff going up there on the hunts as we kind of progress through the weekends, as everything opens up a bit more. We get a little bit more comfortable with those grind hunts, you know, getting out there on the Kijiji runs, all this stuff. We like to throw that up over at the NerdRM on Instagram. Guys, the Star Wars Commonwealth. We're coming up to Force Fest here, like I mentioned at the top. There's some big panels there. Tumbling Sabers putting on a panel as well. I believe the San Diego Sabers are too. So we've got lots of representation from the Commonwealth, and we're going to be doing our collecting panel on the 29th at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So make sure to tune into that to get some insight into the fun and love we have for the Disney era of Star Wars collecting. And then last but not least, I have to give our man Rob Wade a big shout out for endorsing this podcast over on themorsley14.com. So go over there and check out everything that he is doing, including all the other endorsed podcasts. Guys, the next time we'll be talking to you, we're going to be on the other side of DC fandom. And I'm really, really looking forward to it, guys. i got a big, stupid smirk on my face for, for <laughs> what's happening here. So, guys, until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy, but I got, I got one quick thing before yeah, we yeah. sign out. Because this is something we always do with these events. I, predictions. One quick prediction from yeah, each of sure, us here. Man. Let's do it. Um, Tim, what do you got, man? One prediction. The Batman trailer reveal. We're going to hear the voice, and we're going to see the full suit mm. revealed right there. That's my prediction. Mm. Dope. Dope. Carlos, man. Oh, you know, that sexy beast broke the internet by building his PC, something with Henry Cavill. That's right. That's where I'm going. That's exactly where I'm going. Like, be it Superman reveal or something tied to what Dwayne Johnson's doing. Yeah. Something there. There's, there's, there's gotta be something with that. Yeah. I'm going there too. I'm going Superman. Um, We're going to get some sort of announcement with Superman coming back in the DCEU maybe even a title drop of a famous comic that's happened oh, in the past awesome. but going superman henry cavill oh, all henry. right man put all those right. there it is the predictions <laughs> troy thanks for catching that man we do yeah, always man. do that appreciate that all right yeah, guys there's our predictions in for this lockman let's see what happens we're gonna be talking to you guys very soon so for the nerd room i'm tim i'm troy and i'm batman you are batman we're gonna see a lot of batman this week all right guys we'll talk to you on saturday and also next week. Thank you very much for entering DC's The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net and don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Take your first steps into a larger world and head over to StarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Stars Commonwealth Podcast Network including Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Talk Star Wars, Sandcrawler Podcast, Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and the Skyhoppers Podcast. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.